0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the Pushpay app and find the giving option that works best for you thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message well good morning church how's everyone doing this morning good it's good to see each of you here and we have a lot to celebrate today welcome to celebration sunday and once again if you're our guest we want to welcome you if you're watching online for the first time thank you so much for tuning in my name is aaron and I am the lead pastor here at NCC and we're excited that you're with us here this morning and that you're joining together um, as we celebrate all that God is doing here in our church and and what's taking place here and this morning we want to start by just celebrating literally new life and, and children in psalms chapter 127 the word of God says that children are a blessing from the Lord parents I know we don't always feel like that okay but let me tell you children are a blessing from the Lord we believe that here at NCC, and we have some beautiful children that we're gonna be dedicating this morning. And so as I announce them, parents, I wanna ask you, um, as I call your name, if you would bring up um, your child. If you have family members or friends here, they can join you, and our team that's gonna be praying with you. If you guys could make your way just on the stage here um, in church, we can celebrate them as they come. First, Mufasa Gonzalez, beautiful little girl there. You guys can come forward, you and your family. Next is Armani Gonzalez. Yep, if you guys, you guys can come right up here, just join us right up here on stage. And then Elijah Miller, if you guys would come, Mark and Megan, you guys can come up here, your families. Yep. How's it going? (laughs) We're going to fill up the stage here, you guys. Church, I'm going to turn my back on you because I want to talk to these families and, and these parents for a moment here, okay? You know, as I mentioned, God's word says that, that children are a blessing from the Lord, and we believe that, that they're a gift from God. And today, that's what we're doing. As we dedicate these children, we're going to pray God's blessing over them. And we believe that, that the prayer that we're about to pray, that God is going to honor that and that his hand is going to be there with them. And in the word of God, this is what Jesus' parents did. And God's word tells us that in Luke chapter 2, verse 39, that it was eight days after Jesus was born that Joseph and Mary took him to the temple and they did something very similar to this where they were dedicating Jesus um, as a young child to God and honoring him in that. And there's something that's said here. I wanna read this to you. It says, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the Lord, they returned to Galilee in their own town of Nazareth. And the children, the child, I'm sorry, the child grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. And that's what we're about to pray over your children that physically that they would grow up that the strength of God would be there in his life as he grows up that God would touch him physically but not only that but that in wisdom as he grows as he learns all of those things that God's blessing and God's favor would be upon his mind on these young girls that God's hand and his grace and his love would be upon them every single day. That's what we're about to pray But this dedication that we're about to do, it's not just for them, because these guys are little right here, and they're probably not going to remember a lot of this, but you guys will. You will, and your friends that are around you, your family members that are here today, you're going to remember this moment, and this is as much a dedication of you guys to the Lord as it is of your young children. And God's Word talks about this, and so I want to read this to you. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Lord says, Hear, O Israel, The Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And then these words, and these words that I command you today shall be upon your your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. How diligently you're to teach them to your children. And God even tells us how to do that. He says, so when you're sitting in your home around the table, you talk to them about it. When you walk along the way, when you lie them down in bed at night, and when they get up in the morning, you're keeping God's word in front of them. And friends and family members, I want to tell you the most important thing that you can do is that right there, praying God's blessing, keeping God's word in front of them. It's not just the college that they're going to go to, although that's important, the school or the sports that they're going to belong to or any of those things. You as a parent, you as family members, you have that charge from God to really live out the word of God, to pray God's blessing, to teach that to them diligently. And if you're up for that commitment, if you're saying, yes, we're going to do that, would you just respond in that way and just say, yes, we do. We're going to do that. Yes, we do. In church, what we're praying over them, it's not just for these families. We have a challenge as a church. Because although all of you may not serve in the kids ministry, all of you are called as the church to help these families disciple these young children as they're part of our church family, I believe that. And so it could mean giving one of these little guys a high five as they walk through the hall, reminding them that they're loved by God, asking about about their week, you know, how they're doing, what's going on in their life. We're all called to do that church together, to disciple them and to help them grow. And so I'm gonna ask you to do this. If you would just stretch out your hands this morning, And friends and families, if you would just place your hands on these young children, let's pray together and let's ask for God's blessing over their life. Lord, we believe what your word says. God. Lord, children are a blessing from you, Lord. We speak that over them, Lord. And this morning, God, we ask over these young children, God, your favor, Lord, and your wisdom. God, I pray, Lord, your physical strength, God, the strength of your spirit over these young bodies, God, that as they grow up, Lord, that they would grow in favor, God, that they would grow in your love, Lord, your blessing, God, Jesus, that you would walk with them every single day of their life, Lord. And for these parents, God, help them, give them wisdom, Lord. God, when there's gonna be struggles, Lord, And there's going to be moments, God, where they're questioning if what they're doing is right, Lord. Give them that wisdom from your spirit, God, to lead, Lord, and to teach, God, and to keep your word as a foundation in their life, Lord, and then help all of us as the church, Lord, to love these young children, God, to disciple them, to pray over them, and to speak God's blessing in their life every single day, God, every opportunity, God, we ask this in your name, amen, amen. You guys, we have some gifts for you this morning. And we want to give those to you. In there, there is a frame with your child's name on it. And just with that prayer that we prayed, some of those focuses that we talked about. And I want to encourage you, hang that over their bed or in their room. There's a book in there for them. And we just want you guys to know we love you. We support you. And these children are amazing. Can we give them a hand? You can make your way back to your seats this morning. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Church, let's just take that challenge and let's continue to invest in the next generation and invest in these children that God has blessed us with in our church. And this morning, we're not only celebrating these young lives, but we're celebrating spiritual growth. And one of the ways that that happens here at NCC is through our Connect class. We talk about it all of the time of a way to grow. In a Connect class, this is something that happens here at our church the first two Sundays of the month where we come together and where we just learn about how God has meant for us to grow. And it doesn't matter if you're starting off, if you're saying, hey, I'm just new to this Jesus thing, or if you've been serving God for 20 or 30 years, we don't want you to get stuck in your relationship with God. And this class talks about that, but not only how you grow spiritually, how you use your unique gifts to serve others. And this class is a part of you discovering that and finding out how has God called you to serve the church, but also to serve in your community, to serve those in need. And we want you to discover that. And so these are the individuals that have completed that class. And can we just put our hands together and celebrate these that are continuing to grow, developing in their faith? We're excited for you. We don't have a Connect class in October, but in November, we're going to be kicking it off again. And if you've not gone through that, I want you to keep your eyes open, listen to that. We're going to be announcing it and get plugged in because we want to help you continue to move forward in your relationship with God. Part of also what happens here at NCC is we have amazing team members that serve with us all throughout the week. And you guys may not know this, you don't get to see it, but we have individuals that work around their work schedule and come up here and um, serve during the weekdays, just helping out with different stuff behind the scenes. People that are here early on a Sunday morning to make sure all of this gets set and it's ready for us as we come in and worship. There are individuals with our kids right now investing in the next generation. We love that and I wish we had time to bring up all of our team members and to celebrate you and let you know how much you mean to us, but we don't. So we just wanna highlight a few of those that that work and that serve. And so if you could help um, by welcoming them to this stage as I announce them. First, can we welcome Anise Asbury and Chase Tyler, if you guys would make your way forward this morning. We love these guys. In case you don't know them, um, they serve on our New Kids team and they are part of our guest host and our um, first-time guest check-in for our kids. And so they make sure that as new families are coming, that they have a place to check in. They know what's going on. You guys come over here. I promise I won't bite. okay? And, and just make sure that they have a place, you know, where they can check in their kids and know what's going on. And so, you guys, I just want to tell you as a pastor here in this church what it means as you serve. And it's more than just standing out there and printing off name tags, but you're creating a culture that families can know that when they come here, it's safe for their kids. There's someone welcoming them. They know where to go and what's taking place. And you're making a difference in the lives of those people that are coming. And so I just want to tell you, thank you so much for investing in the next generation. You're setting that example for us as a church. And we love you guys so much. Chase, love you, man. Anise, appreciate you so much. Thank you, guys. We love you. You can make your way back to your seats. Next, I want to celebrate Richard Robinson, and he's walking down the aisle here, having to put his camera because he's serving this morning. Richard, if you'd come up here on stage. In case you don't know Richard, him and Ida have been coming to the church longer than I've been here. They've been here a number of years for quite a while, and Richard just does such an amazing job. He serves on the welcome team, just like you saw. He, Anytime we need photos, um, Easter, Mother's Day, any of that stuff, he's always out there taking pictures. And Richard, I just want you to know What it means for you to serve here. And just being here in the sanctuary, welcoming people, helping them find their seats, helping with what goes on in the service. And it's just your heart to jump in and just wherever you're needed. You're always willing to serve. And I know you guys have gone through struggles in your life and it's hard sometimes, but you never let that affect the joy that you bring to this church, the welcoming atmosphere that you bring. And we love you so much. And both of you are such a blessing to the church. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for what you do. Appreciate you. Next, please welcome with me Crystal Villanueva, if you would come to the stage. And Crystal is part of our welcome team as well, and we are just so thankful for what she does. She helps um, not only serve, but also lead the culture of the welcome team here and kind of helps coordinate some of what takes place. If you've ever enjoyed some of the amazing donuts or coffee or any of those things, Crystal is a part of helping to lead that team that does that and crystal i want you to know i was thinking this morning out of all of us you probably have a lot of excuses not to serve so you just finished up school and a new job and and your son all of that stuff everything that you have on your plate and yet week after week you come and you give of your time you give of your gifts and you set that example for us as a church and i just want you to know as people come in here and they experience god's presence and they learn about who god is You have a vital part of that because of what you're setting. And every time I hear someone say, man, this is a friendly place, you're doing that. You're making this a place where people feel welcomed and where they can reconnect with God, even if they've been away from church for so long. And so I want you to know we love you. We are so thankful for you. Thank you for everything that you do. We appreciate you so much. Thank you we have some amazing team members here and i just want to say as your pastor thank you to everyone that serves once again i wish we had time to to celebrate each and every one of you for what you do as you give of your gifts and your talents to really make an impact in our church you help us to live out that vision of making people and places new and we love you thank you for serving well church we are in this series where we're looking forward and this past year we have spent a campaign, this year-long campaign of looking at how God has made us for more and looking at what God is doing inside of our life. And so we've been personally challenged how we're made for more and how God wants more for each and every one of us. And then we've also looked together as a church of the vision of more that God is calling us to together corporately in our church and how he's asking us to expand our vision and to make an impact in the next generation. And so This year, as we've been focusing in on this and God's made some declarations, God's done some things and helped shape really who we are. And so even as we were ending this, we knew that, hey, there were some things that God spoke to us that we want to carry forward with us into where God is calling us that are going to continue to shape us as a church. And so if you were here last week, we talked about these seven declarations. We focus in on one of them. But I want us to just say these out loud again um, together, okay? So just make sure your voice is warmed up. We're going to say this at the same time. Last week, I paused and went through and explained them, but I'm not going to do that this week. So let's say them together. Scripture shapes our lives. We own our spiritual growth. We change the world. We invest in the next generation. Joy is seen in who we are. We live life together. We move forward. These are declarations that we're making as a church that we're declaring of what God is doing here in our midst. And so last week we talked about that that first one that we said, "Hey, this is foundational. Scripture shapes our life and that scripture is the number 1 catalyst for your spiritual growth." And so if you're saying, "Hey, I want to grow in God. I don't want to just stay where I'm at." The number 1 thing that you can do is open up God's word and engage in it on a daily basis. And so we talked about that, and today we're going to highlight one more of these. We're going to highlight this one. We live life together. And I want us to look at that want us to look at that idea because it's more than just a declaration. It's more than just something hanging in a graphic on a frame outside in the hallway there. It's something that we want to live out together as a church. We want to make this vital in our lives. And so I'm going to have you do something this morning. I want you to take out your phone. If you have a smartphone, you can do that or any kind of phone. You can take notes or grab that card in front of you. If you don't have a phone or you don't want to take that out, you can grab one of those cards in front of you. Okay? Okay. And thinking about this, we live life together. We're not meant to live out our Christian faith alone. We're not meant to do this by ourselves, okay? I want you to just write down the name of your best friend. And you can hide that if the person next to you wrote your name and you didn't write theirs, okay? You can kind of just cover up your answer there. That could be a little embarrassing. But write down the name of your best friend, right? Just think about that. Someone that's there for you, someone that encourages you. Thinking about what that means dependable, all of that, okay, a best friend, if you're one of those people that have multiple best friends, I don't understand you, okay, that's what best means, they're your best friend, right, it's that one person, but you can write down a couple names if you want to, and now I want you to do this, okay, it's probably the only time a pastor's going to ask you to do this, I want you to take out your phone and text someone, right? You never get asked to do that in church, but I want you to do that right now. And that person's name that you wrote down, if you can, I want you to take out your phone and just text them something encouraging, okay? If you can't text or or you don't want to do that, you can write it there on that card in front of you, write them a note, give it to them, mail it, whatever you need to do to get it to them, or take out your phone. I'm going to do that right now, so I'm going to stop talking because I need to text someone. Okay. Okay. and hit send. Some of you guys are faster texters, so you may already be done, okay? See, what we just did, and if you're still texting, you can do that, okay? Don't be checking football scores, but if you're still texting, you can do that, okay? Um, What we just did of reaching out is a vital part of our relationship, and it's a spiritual thing. We don't often think about that, but that's actually a deeply spiritual thing, what you just did, because i 've said this before, and i 'll continue to say this is you 're not meant to live your Christian faith alone, and if you 're trying to do this by yourself, if you 're trying to do it on your own it's a struggle it's so hard, and that 's not how you were designed to live we 're really meant to be around each other we 're meant to be in relationship with one another and I remember the first time I really understood this i 've shared before about how I was raised in a pastor's home my dad, and my parents are pastors and and then for a little bit in high school, I walked away from my Christian faith, and then I went to Bible college, gave my life back to Jesus, God did some radical things inside of my life, went to Bible college, and I still had some bad habits in my life, still had some addictions, I still had some mindsets that God was trying to work on inside of my life. I had this idea that I had to earn my salvation, and I'd been really bad, and I was trying to be good and do all of the right things, but, but I still messed up, and I was still human, and I still made mistakes, and I still am. And and I just felt like I was alone in this. And I can remember one night, I was around this group of guys, these friends that I had, all of them were studying to be pastors too, and I can't remember where the conversation was going, but one of them just looks across, and we were kind of in a deeper conversation, and he just said, hey guys, I have to be honest, there's this sin in my life that I've been struggling with, and no one knows about it. And I'm studying to be a pastor, I'm trying to learn how to do ministry, and yet this thing just has a hold of me. And he said, I'm just sensing that if I don't confess this, that I'm never gonna get free of this. And so he was just honest and just began to share this struggle in his life. And as they did that, one by one, each of us went around the room and we were able to open up our life. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, that guy has a lot of guts because you know, he didn't know how we were gonna respond. He didn't know what we were gonna say, but yet he chose to open up his life in that moment and just share what he was going through. And I can remember for the first time coming to Christ in that moment, sitting there thinking, I'm not alone in this. I don't have to do this by myself. And the most freeing thought was, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. There's other people who are going through similar things. and it, it may not be exactly the same, but we're all trying to be more like Jesus. We're all trying to become more like Christ. And we're not there yet, but we can encourage one another to do that. And that was the most freeing moment in my life to know I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to try to fight this battle on my own. But there are other people that God has placed around me that can encourage me, that we can share what's going on in our life, and we can be there one for another. This was founded for the early church. And I want us to look at this. If you have your Bibles, you can open them and turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to start reading at verse 38. I'm sorry, verse 42, Acts 2, verse 42. And if you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible on the seat in front of you, and you can take that out and turn to page 530. And I want to encourage you to do that. Take out God's word, follow along with us, see what it is that scripture is saying. And once you have that, or if you're still turning there, you can do that and hold on to that for just one moment, in case you're not familiar with what's going on in the book of Acts, this is after the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus has come, He's lived, He's died on the cross, He's been resurrected again, and He's gone to heaven to be with His Father. And the early church is just starting. I mean, this is just days after the time of Christ. So, not like years have passed. This thing is just starting. And there's this group of believers that have been in the city of Jerusalem praying. And they receive the gift of God's spirit. God's spirit comes upon them. People repent. Peter stands up and begins to preach. And all of these people say, hey, what do we have to do to be right with God? And Peter says, repent and believe. And you'll receive this salvation. You'll receive this gift that God is talking about. And in these days that are following, the church is just starting. It's the first time that we see the picture of the church. And so let's look at what's happening. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is what it says, talking about the church. They devoted themselves in the apostles' teaching into the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold their properties and possession to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So when we look at the early church, the thing that is key to their life is that they chose to live life together, it's just how they operated. And as I was looking at this, how is God going to start the church? How is he going to get this movement going? How is he going to get this group of believers that believe in him? This thing's just starting off. How is he going to get it going? He doesn't concern himself with where's the building. Okay, that's not where he starts, you guys. He's not looking at what kind of structure do we have? Where's the building that we're going to meet at? That's not where he starts at. He doesn't even look for a time, right? So he doesn't say, okay, church, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, you guys need to all be in the seats there. That's how we're going to do this thing. That's not where he starts at. That's not what's foundational as the church begins. What's foundational is we see this group of people that are living life together. They're in each other's lives. So what are they doing? They're opening up their home. I'm opening up my house and I'm saying, hey, let's get together and let's talk about what God is doing in your life. And so someone new comes and they're just starting off in this faith with Christ. And and this thing's been going on in a few weeks. And what's one of the first things they do? Hey, do you want to come over to my house? There's a group of us that get together and we're just talking about what it means to live this thing out, what it means to be a Christian. And we're asking questions about God and we're trying to figure this thing out. And we want you to be a part of that. Don't do this alone. Come over, do this together. What else are they doing? They're eating food. Why? Because food makes everything better, you guys, okay? Food makes everything better. And so they're breaking bread together, right? They're hanging out, eating dinner together, meeting in the temple courts. Like, this is what's taking place. What else is happening as they live life together? They're sharing their possessions. And so one of them comes, and one of them says, hey, just on my way earlier to the bank, and I had this money in my pocket And this Roman soldier stopped me and he took all of it and said it was taxes for Caesar. And now I have nothing to feed my family. And what happens? The church is the church. We're living life together. And someone says, hey, I've got this extra camel, right? Got a three camel garage and I'm not using one of the camels in there. He's just been sitting there and I didn't know what to do with them. But I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and sell that. And anything that I get from that, you can have. Like you got a need in your life and I have a little bit of excess we're in this together. That's what the church is. The church is not coming into this room and sitting across the aisle from somewhere. That's not the picture that we get as this thing starts. That's not the church that God was dreaming of. It didn't mean that we just sit together during a certain time of the week and we sing some songs and we listen to a guy talk. That's not what the church is. The church is this group of believers that's opening up their life to one another saying, you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. And if you've got a need in your life and there's something that I can do, do i want to be there for you they're living life together you guys they're just there for one another and as they're figuring this thing out and they're talking about jesus and they're talking about how to live this thing out they're saying hey we want to connect together we want to spend time together we want to be in groups together that's their desire and that's why we do this as a church okay that's why we talk about groups as a church it's not just another program okay We didn't sit in a room and say, hey, how can we take up more of your time because you guys aren't busy enough, right? I mean, all of us have busy lives and we're doing so much and we have so many activities. So why is this vital? It's because you were not meant to live your Christian faith out by yourself, And so many of us, we get stuck, we stall out. It feels like a struggle just to keep going. Why? Because we're trying to do it on our own. And that's not how God has designed us to live. You're not meant to be by yourself. As we look at the early churches, this thing started. What did it look like? It looked like this group of believers that were getting together and saying, hey, I read this in the word of God this this week. What does that mean to you? Hey, we talked about this when we were in Solomon's temple um, during this time of the week. Hey, how have you lived that out? Like, what are you doing with that? What God is saying to us? How are you putting that to practice in your life, right? They're asking each other's questions that are challenging them in their faith, that are helping them to grow in their faith. And if you're trying to do this alone, you don't have anyone else challenging you. If it's just coming in here and sitting church on a Sunday morning and then trying to get out as quick as you can, you don't have other people there that are encouraging you and helping you to grow in your faith and to go further. And that's not what God calls the church to be. See, God gives us this picture that we live life together. It's just part of who we are. It's part of what God has done inside of us that we're sharing it with other people. And that's our desire here at NCC that's why it's one of these declarations because we don't want any individual no matter how old no matter how young you are doing this thing by yourselves so can I give you a picture of what this looks like this morning as we're here there are young kids classrooms babies toddlers that are right here and they're broken up into groups if you don't serve in kids you may not know that Sunday mornings as our kids are upstairs, do you know what they're doing? There are different group leaders that break them up according to age and and boys and girls and they sit down and they ask them about their week. When students meet here on a Wednesday night, they break up into groups together. It's, It's what they do, why? Because we believe this for everyone in our church that you're not meant to do this alone. And so they have assigned group leaders, the same people week after week that are asking our students, hey, how's it going? Anything I can pray with you about? Is there a friend that, you, that needs prayers? Is there something that I can do? What can I do in your life to encourage you? Is there anything that you're struggling with? You guys, we have groups that meet Sunday after church and eat lunch together. Why? Because food makes everything better, right? Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights, different places all over here in Mesquite, all around in the surrounding area. We have all different kinds of groups that meet together. In church, we're doing that because Once again, not because we think you just need to add something else to your week, it's because we need each other. And I want to tell you this getting plugged into a group, if you're not, it's not just about what you receive. It's not just like, well, I'm struggling and and I need this. It's about what you can give. Church, you need to hear this. It's about what you can give. And some of you, God's doing something in your life. God's working and you're growing in your relationship with God and you're selfish and you're hoarding it to yourself. Some of you, man, you have strong marriages and you've been going after God for a long time and God's done something inside of you. And if you're not part of a group, that's selfish. You're not sharing that with anyone else. And there are younger couples. There are younger people that are coming up. There are people that are new in their faith that need what God has done in your life. That's why the picture of the early church is We do life together. We live this thing out together. Why? Because we need each other. It's not just about what I get. It's about what I give and how God can use something that happened in my life this week to encourage someone else. Each and every one of us need this in our life. You guys, this is vital to who we are at NCC. And so I just wanna share this heart with you, this heart of what our groups are. It's just one of the ways that we live out this declaration of life together. And if you're sick and you're going through something, we want you to pick up the phone and we want you to call your group. And this group of people that you meet with every week or every other week, they're going to be there to pray for you. They're going to be there to encourage you, to challenge you in your walk with God. Something happened at your work. You lost your job. Something's going on. There's a broken relationship in your life. We want those people that you're living life with, we want you to be the first ones, or we want them to be the first ones that you call and that you pick up the phone and you say, hey, here's what's going on. Can you just pray with me? Can you just encourage me? Can you keep me in your thoughts? We want them to be there for each other. We want to be there for one another so that God is using us to encourage each other you're feeling alone. You don't have to church because you were never called to do this thing by yourself. And I want to challenge you once again, this is not just a plug for some program. This is not just something that we're trying to get more people in groups or more individuals involved. We feel like this is vital for our lives together. This is key to what we're doing in our relationship with God, to moving forward, to what God wants to do. This was his original picture of the church: is that although we would come together and we would worship corporately, that throughout the week we would meet with one another in smaller settings, that we would pray for one another, and that if someone was in need and I could do something about it, that I would say, Hey, I want to help. What I have is yours. Everything that I have, it's yours. If I can do something, I want to meet that need. You're going through something. I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you in your relationship with God. And I need people to challenge me in my relationship with God. Church, you were never called to do this thing alone. You were never meant to do this thing by yourself. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that we are there for each other and that we live life together.